0: Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 1 this morning. You guys realize that this morning there's 10 days before Christmas. Just in case, if you haven't bought my gift yet, you still have time. And you can give it to me after Christmas. It really doesn't matter. I'm okay with that. I'm about receiving gifts after the holiday. That's cool with me. Um, but 10 days till Christmas, guys, it's unbelievable that we're coming in at the end of this year. And we're about to start a new year. And I'm excited about what God's going to do in our, in our church. And I'm excited about what God's going to do through you being part of this church. Amen. I want you to stand with me this morning. I want to share a scripture, Matthew chapter 1. And we're gonna be looking at verses 18 down all the way down to verse 24. Starting with verse 18, it says this it says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she found out to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do, and he took Mary home as his wife. Pray with me. Father, we pray today, God, as we dive into your word, God, that you would just speak to us today, and Father, about this Christmas story. The most amazing story that has ever been told, God. And I pray today, God, that we would learn something from this story. That we would take time during this Christmas season, Father, to stop and to look at what Christmas is all about. And I pray today, God, that you would speak through me. That your anointing, God, would speak through me today, God. Because my words absolutely mean nothing, God. But your words can bring life and freedom in our lives. And that's what we need. So, God, speak to us today. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen Amen and Amen. You can be seated. I titled this sermon today simply this, Focus on Christ this Christmas. Focus on Christ this Christmas. This morning, I I want us to look at the story of Christmas. The mystery that that took place, the mystery of Jesus' birth. What an amazing story of what took place that evening. The craziness that surrounded the evening and all the events that was leading up to the birth of Jesus. And so for just a moment, I want us to focus on Joseph just for a moment today. Think about Joseph just for a moment. Think about his life. Joseph has just found this young lady who he has just fallen in love with. He loves this lady. He he adores her and he has fallen in love with her and they're pledged to be married to each other and they're going to spend the rest of their life together. But out of the out of nowhere Mary walks up to him and tells him, "Hey Joseph, I need to tell you something. Don't get upset, don't get mad, but I need to tell you something. Oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a son." And can you imagine just for a moment what Joseph's mind was going through? He knew who she was. He knew what type of girl she was. And all of a sudden, his mind begins to swirl and go out of control thinking about have I made a mistake with her? Who is this girl? Who is this lady? Why all of a sudden is she telling me this news? Why didn't she tell me this beforehand so we can make a decision to to do something else? But at the last moment, she looks at Joseph and she says, Hey, Joseph, by the way, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a child. And Joseph's mind was just going out of control and thinking about all of these things. And for just a moment, he was feeling, Man, who is this lady? Have I made a mistake? Should I marry her? Should I go ahead and go through with this decision? So Joseph, being a godly man, he decides that that he didn't want to get caught up in this area. He didn't want to get caught up in this craziness. And so so he decides to, to not humiliate her. And so he decides to divorce her. But he does it in a way that it doesn't draw disgrace to her publicly. He decides to do it quietly. Joseph says like, you know, he's probably thinking no one needs to find out about this right now. I'm just going to make this decision. I'm going to slip away and nobody needs to know. And I'm just going to kind of slip off into the future, kind of slip off in the distance. And nobody needs to know what's going on in this situation. Have you ever been there before in your life? You found out something about someone and you were just blown away. That what you found out about that person, you were just like, what? I cannot believe that about them. Who would ever guess that about them? Kind of like what you think about, what? Pastor Chad did, what? But that's what he was feeling that day. And so for just a moment, he wanted just to slip away quietly and disappear from the situation. He wanted to remove his name. He wanted to remove himself from the moment But even in that moment, feeling like he did, thinking about leaving and never looking back, remember this, God had a plan. God had a plan. In that moment where Joseph was like, you know what, I'm going to slip away. I'm going to get away from this situation. I'm not even going to deal with this anymore. God had a plan. And guess who was part of that plan? Joseph. Joseph was part of that plan. He was supposed to be the father of Jesus. He was supposed to be part of that plan. So what God does, instead of just leaving Joseph all kind of out there hanging by himself and wondering what's going on, wondering is this lady crazy, what is going on, Jesus shows up in the form of an angel and he says in verse 20, he says this, Joseph, but after he considered this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, and he says these words, Joseph, son of David. He says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. In other words, Joseph, I have done this. In other words, Joseph, my hand is upon Mary's life. I am the reason she's having a baby. I chose her, a virgin, to give birth to my son. I have chosen her. I have picked her. Now I want you to do what you need to do as a husband and marry her so that you can raise this child in a godly home and show them an example of who Christ is. I know that sounds funny, but she's giving birth to Jesus and and he's called Mary and Joseph to teach and to lead him how to be a godly man, how to be an an example in the community. In other words, Jesus looks at Joseph and he says, hey, Joseph, I got this. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about what people are going to think. You don't have to worry about the situation. You don't have to worry about what's going to come up in the future. I've got this. My hand is upon Mary. My hand is upon, li- upon your life. And I want you to be part of this plan. Don't leave, Joseph. Stay here because I've got a great plan in store for you and Mary. So what Mary was telling you is true. She's not crazy, but she- it is true. And- but I want you to follow through with this plan. So for a moment, a young man who was probably thinking about all these crazy things and wondering what to do, and he decides that he's going to just dis, uh, you know, divorce her and slip away God in a moment that God always does. He takes the focus off of a Joseph, and he puts it on himself. He says, Joseph, I've got this, buddy. Just follow me. Follow my example. Follow my lead, and I will show you what's going to happen. Because I've got a greater plan and a greater purpose for your life. As God always does for us. In those moments where you're ready to throw the towel in. When you're ready, when you're trying to figure out everything in the in, in the midst of chaos and confusion and everything that happens in your life. You're ready just to slip away. You're ready just to slip away off to the side and, and think things like this. Well, maybe they won't ever notice that I'm not here anymore. I'm just going to slip away to the side. I'm just going to get away from the situation. I'm just going to kind of close myself off and just forget about what God has done to, uh, in my life up to this point. But understand this this morning, that God's got a plan and a purpose for every person in this room today. Amen. He's, got a part, he's got a plan and a purpose, and He wants you to be part of it. He wants you to be part of this great story, this great plan that, he's, that He has put together. He has written. Nobody else has written it for Him. He has written it Himself, so He knows how the story goes. But he wants you to be part of the story. He wants you to be part of the plan. So don't slip away and say, God, it must be over for me. I don't understand this moment. I'm not sure what's going on. Let me tell you this morning, stay with God and he will fulfill the things that he needs to in your life. But you sometimes you just got to stick to the plan. You got to stick to the plan. So Jesus takes the focus off of Joseph and he puts it on himself for a moment. And he tells him, Joseph, you're going to give birth to a savior. You're going to give birth to a king. And you're going to raise him and you're going to teach him. You're going to do all these things in our life. But you're giving birth. Listen, you're giving birth to a savior, the son of God, who's going to come and deliver his people. So the focus this Christmas is this. Please remember, the focus of Christmas is Christ. It's the birth of Jesus. And I know in our busyness, and, and I know that we don't always do it intentionally, we don't do it on purpose, but sometimes we forget what Christmas is all about. Why? Because we're caught up in the Christmas season, we're caught up in the excitement. Listen, Christmas is fun. I love Christmas. When Christmas time comes around, it's like I revert back to my, my childhood. Anybody else do that? I'm just like, ah! you know, it's like so excited. I can't wait. And so, but in those moments, we get caught up in what Christmas is really all about. It's about Christ. It's about the Savior of the world. It's about Him coming to this earth. So remember that this season. In the midst of spending time with your family and doing all the things that Christmas leads up to and going here and there. Remember what Christmas is all about. In other words, keep your focus on Christ this Christmas. Don't take him out of Christmas, because if Christ is not Christmas, there's no Christmas. There's no Christmas without Christ. And so here's the story of a young lady and a young man who God has chose to parent the Savior of the world. God decided to make them the parents of the Savior of the world. God decided. Think about this for a moment. We sang it just a minute ago. God decided to come to this earth. To become flesh. He came to this earth to become flesh. He came to this earth to live and walk among the people that he created. He decided to leave heaven and come to this earth to take upon himself the flesh. To live and to breathe and to walk with the very people that he created. John chapter 1 verses 1 says this. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. From the very beginning of time, the word of God has always been. It's always been there. And it's always been, it's always existed. His word is is who he is. But notice this, he is also God. He's the word that you read every single day in your scriptures. That he gave to the prophets and to the disciples that, writ the, that had written the Old Testament and the New Testament. He's the word that you read every single day. But understand this, he's not just a word, he's God, but he wants to live in our hearts. So know this morning, you're the living, breathing word of God. You're the living, breathing word of God. He lives within your heart. If you've made a decision to follow him, if you've made a decision to accept him as your Lord and personal Savior, you are a living, breathing word of God. And so God says, listen, I'm going to decide to come in flesh. So God decided that he would come to this earth and take upon himself the flesh of a human to choose Mary and Joseph to be his parents, to raise him. He grew up in a carpenter's home and one day that he would be a carpenter himself. But not only would he be a carpenter, but he would leave his home. And he would travel around all these different places preaching the word of God. Setting people free. Healing people. Knowing that one day. Knowing that one day that he would die on the cross. But he still came. He still came in the flesh. He came as a baby. A humble infant. You think about this, Mormon, for those that that have babies in our life, you have to take care of them all the time. You're doing this, you're doing all the time. So babies can't take care of themselves. We have to take care of them. And even as we get older, you still have to take care of us. (laughs) Just throw that in there. But a baby, he came as a humble child. That's what Christmas is all about. It's about the birth of a Savior. It's about one day that, uh, that he would become the sacrificial lamb of the world. You see, there could have never been a sacrifice if there would have never been a birth. So Jesus decided to come to this earth to take upon flesh and live among his people. So there's a few things that I want you to see about this scripture this morning that I hope that you walk away with today. Number one is this. God is with you. That's a good place to say amen. God is with you. The Bible says in verse 23, it says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. God is with you. God is with us in our life. Please hear me today. If you forget everything else that I've told you today, understand this. God is with you today. He chose... God, the creator of everything, let that sink in for a moment. God, the creator of everything, chose to come to this earth to take upon the the flesh of a human. Why? Because he wants to be with you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to hang out with you. He left everything to come to this earth so that he could be with you. In the middle of all of your craziness, not calling you crazy, I'm just saying you have. sometimes we have crazy lives. Everything that is happening in our lives in the middle of chaos, all the things that's happening around us. Please remember this morning that God is with you. He's right there by your side. He's right there doing this thing with you. God chose to come and to live among his people. I think about the story of Mary and Joseph and, and everything that was happening around them. The craziness, leaving their home, all of these things that were happening in their life. And there was one thing that I read. Some theologians believe that Mary and Joseph traveled anywhere between 80 to 100 miles on a camel or a donkey to get to where God was leading them. 80 to 100 miles on a donkey or a camel. I don't want to drive five miles in a car across town. But they definitely did what God had called them to do. They left their home to travel to a place where Mary would give birth. Listen to me this morning. They had to escape the chaos and the craziness that was happening around them. Remember this this morning. There were no hospitals. There were no epidurals. Let that sink in for a moment. There were no medicines. There was none of that stuff going on. It was just Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. That was all that was there. You see, when my children were born, my family were, were, were they were at the hospital. When Logan was born, we, me, my dad, and, and, and Eugene, we were eating chicken in the room where my, where Teresa would give birth. We're over there just gnawing on some chicken. Like, hey, you good over there. Woo. You know, we're, we're, we were doing that. And she was like, you guys got to get out of here. Leave. But you see, they didn't, listen, they didn't have that luxury of family around them. They didn't have aunts and uncles and grandparents and moms and dads. They didn't have that. They were all by themselves in a cave giving birth to the Son of God. Why? Because he decided to come to this earth as a baby and take upon himself the flesh. It was just the two of them and some farm animals. A little goat and chicken, you know, all this stuff that was there in the background While all of this was going on, there was no one there. Listen, there was no one there to enjoy the moment with them. There was no one there but them. But then I had this crazy thought was this. They were not alone. They were not alone. And I know you're already there because your mind probably thinks faster than mine does. They were not alone. Guess who was with them? In the midst of all the craziness, in the midst of all the confusion, in the midst of everything that was going on in their life, guess who was there? God. He was there with them through the whole ordeal. Through everything that was happening, He was there. Same thing with God. Or same thing with us. God is always there in the midst of everything. You see, Mary was carrying, she was carrying God. She was carrying Jesus. She was carrying the Holy Spirit within her. So God was there. So remember that this morning when things get crazy in your life and they will, trust me. Well, thanks, Pastor. That's real encouraging. It will. Remember that God is with you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three in one. Not just one, but three in one. He is le- he's here. He's living within us. If we choose to allow Him to be there, God is with us. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 6, it says this. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of who? Them. We don't Listen, we don't have to be afraid or terrified because of them. God says, be strong and courageous. You don't have to be terrified. For the Lord, your God, goes before you. And then he says, he will never leave nor forsake you. The same thing that he says in Deuteronomy was the same thing that he spoke to Joseph that evening. He looks at Joseph and says, hey, Joseph. Don't be afraid, buddy. It's okay. I've got this. I'm going with you. I'm going to be with you the whole time. You have nothing to be afraid of. You have nothing to be ashamed of. Let's do this thing together. God is with us even when we don't seem or feel like he is. Can I tell you this morning is this, and I have had those moments where I did not feel him. I had those moments where it was just like, God, are you even there? Do you hear me? Do you hear my complaining? Do you see my whining, God? All of these things. Are you even there? And guess what? He is. He's there. And I know sometimes when you're in that moment, you're just like, well, that's a little different story, Pastor, when I'm in that moment. But listen to me. He's still God and he's still there. Why? Because he chose to. He made the decision. You didn't make it for him. No one made him come to this earth. He came to take upon the flesh to live and to breathe within your life. Why? Because God is with us. Because God loves us and God cares for us. Emmanuel, God with us. So that's the first point. God is with us. Number two is this. Remember this this morning. There is always hope. There's always hope. Verse 21 says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will what? Save the people from their sins. In other words, hey, hope is coming. Hope is on the way. Or better yet, hope is here. Hope has arrived. Knowing that in that just moment that everything, everything can change in our life. We get, everything may be great, Everything may be going wonderful in our life and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, something changes and it just totally throws us out of control, right? We've all been there. Or the th- things may be completely crazy and all this stuff may-, may be going on in our life. And in a moment, God can change everything. He can change it all. Why? Because He's with us. Why? Because he's al- there's always hope in the name of Jesus. In one moment, everything changed for Zechariah and Elizabeth. In one moment, everything changed. They became parents for something that they had wanted for so long. One moment changed for them. You see, Jesus came to change everything. Are you with me this morning? Say amen. Jesus came to change everything. He did not come to leave it the, the way that it was. He came to change everything. That's what he, That's just who He is. That's what He does. When He comes on the scene, guess what? He changes things. When Jesus shows up, we can expect there to be change. Why? Because he's hope. He's hope. In our world today, you see the craziness and the chaos and all the confusion that is happening around us in our world. But remember this this morning. There's always hope. There's always hope. Don't give up on God because he hasn't given up on you. There's always hope in our life. Why? Because Jesus... Is still here. He's still here. Israel was given, listen, they were given this expectation of, of the Savior that would come and save them. And he did. He, he did. There's a Christmas song called Oh Holy Night. And there's a line in that song that says this. It says, a thrill of hope. Let me go back to my notes because I forgot. <laughs> it says, a thrill of hope. And then it says this, the weary world rejoices. A world that was weary, a world that was in confusion, a world that was crazy. There's hope. They're celebrating. Think about that. The world is celebrating over the birth of a child. Think about how you celebrated when your child was born. I know how I celebrated. Oh, my God. Weeping, you know, I was just weeping all over the place. But think about that for a moment. Why? Because God is hope. And I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you're ready to throw the towel in or even if you know Jesus. I don't know. But I know this. There's always hope. And that he will meet you exactly where you need him to meet you. He will come to you. You don't even have to go to him. He'll come to you. Why? Because that's how much in love he is with you. So all the chaos and confusion, there's always hope. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 19 through 24 says this. It says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness of the, and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. You see, theologians believe that Jeremiah the prophet wrote this book called Lamentations. And what he was doing as he was writing this, he's lamenting about the problems and he sees all the confusion. He's watching all of this stuff happen with Israel and Jerusalem. So he's upset. He's, up, he's confused. All of these things is going on all around him. But then he says in verse 21, and I want you to remember this today. He says this, yet this I call to my mind. And then he says this, and therefore I have hope craziness, all of destruction, all of this stuff that's happening around our world today. God is still sitting on the throne. You know what? You need, sometimes you need to preach to yourself and tell yourself, no matter what's happening in this world, no matter what's, what the news says or this person says, God is still sitting on the throne, which means there's always hope. There's always hope. But you got to keep your focus where it's supposed to be, which is on Christ, or which was on Christ during Christmas. And remember that this morning. Jeremiah or Jeremiah was remembering all of these things that was taking place. But he says, but guess what? Therefore, I have hope. Think about what he says there in his scripture. He says, I remember my affliction, the bitterness, and all the things that was there. But look what he says in verse 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. So you got the Lord's love. You got his compassion. You got his mercies that are new every morning. You got his faithfulness. That he's your portion. But what does he say after that? I wait upon you, Lord. That even in this moment, even in this, all this stuff that's happening, I wait upon you. Why? Because I remember the yesterday Jesus, who is also going to be the tomorrow Jesus and the next day Jesus. And what he did over here, he will do over here if you pursue him and ask him to do it. Why? Because there's always hope. There's always hope. Philippians chapter 4 verses 19 says this. It says that my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 21 says this. God made him who, who had no sin to be sin for you so that, in, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So sometimes, guys, sometimes you have to remind yourself of who Jesus is. You got to remind yourself of what he's done What he's going to do in your life. Because the best preacher in your life is you. You got to tell yourself, you got to start believing it in your own self of who Jesus is. Why? Because there's always hope. Point number three is this, and I'm closing. You got to make room for Jesus. God is hope, God is with us, but you got to make room for Jesus. You see, in this story, there's a there's a guy called the innkeeper. In Luke chapter 2, verses 7, the English uh, standard version says this, as then she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Why? Because there was no place for them in the inn. Think about that for a moment. The man that was on duty that night, the man that was sitting behind the counter that night, looked at Mary and Joseph and said this, hey guys, we have no room for you. There's no room here. Go elsewhere. Go elsewhere. You see you have to make room for him. Because my Jesus is not going to he is not going to do anything that I don't ask him to do or allow him to do in my life. He's that kind of God. He's going to wait for you to ask him. You see, in that moment, Joseph didn't rise up with anger, and he didn't grab the innkeeper by his throat and say, you don't understand who we are. You don't know who we're carrying. we got the Savior of the world. we got the Son of God. He never did that, you know, but what he did do was this. He left the premises, and he went somewhere else, and he found a place. You see, if Jesus is not welcome in your heart, he will go find somewhere else to be welcomed. He will find a place to be welcomed. So if he is not welcomed in your own heart, he's not going to force himself on you. He's not going to do anything else. He's going to go somewhere else and he's going to find a place where he can be Jesus because that's what he came to do. So understand something about Christmas. God is with us. He took upon the flesh of himself and came to this earth to be born as a child. God is with us. Number two, there's always hope. And number three, you got to make room for him. And please understand that this morning is this. Everybody in this room, everybody in this room has 24 hours in a day. Rich or poor, you have the same amount of time as the next person sitting beside you 24 hours in a day. But will you make room for him? Because if you make room for him, he will come into your life and he will live. And he will be, and he will guide you, and he will direct you. He will give you peace. He will give you comfort. Why? Because he is with us. He's with us. But you have to make room for him. You see, understand something about our life is this. There is something, there is something that is occupying your heart. There's something that lives there. It may be Jesus, it may not be Jesus. I don't know, that's between you and Him. But there's something that lives there. It could be stress, it could be fear, it could be worry, it could be doubt. All of those stuff can occupy your heart, which makes no room for Jesus. Because all of that stuff pushes Him away from us. And all of our focus becomes on our worry. It becomes our problem. It becomes stressful. You see, stress and worry and fear, that's not from God. Guess who created that? We did. By how we live our life. My life is so stressed. Pastor, you don't understand. Well, Hey, let me give you a newsflash. Kick something out of your life and make room for Jesus. Your life doesn't have to be that busy. You don't have to say yes to everybody. I tell my wife that all the time. Hey, babe, you don't have to say yes to them. It's okay for you to say no to them. Because she's that person that she, when somebody asks her something, she's going to do it. She's going to make it happen. Regardless of, if she can't, she's going to make sure that something happens. Sometimes you just got to clear your schedule a little bit to make room for the one who died for you and came to this earth. See, out of all of my friends and out of all of my family, can I tell you this? There's not one person that died on the cross for me except Jesus. Nobody. So I need to make room for him. Why? Because I want him to live. I want him to know and understand that no matter what craziness happens in my life, that you know what? I remember Jesus of yesterday. And I tell myself, hey, there's still hope, Chad. (laughs) You may not be able to pay your bills tomorrow, but Chad, there's hope. There's hope. And I'm not saying that's not happening. I'm just giving you that example. Oh, pastor, I'm so sorry. There's hope. Mary and Joseph in that moment was holding the Savior of the world. And I think about Miss Candice over here and this beautiful little baby boy that God has created in her and given her and the excitement that's there to watch him grow and to learn and all of those things, as well as grandparents. But think about Mary and Joseph that night when they were holding the hope that the prophets were talking about in the Old Testament. He's here. He's here. We can celebrate. So I want to remember, remember, you to remember this morning is this. Keep your focus on Christ this Christmas. Christmas is fun. I love Christmas, but my focus has to remain on Him. I want you to stand to your feet this morning as we get ready to close this morning. I want you to bow your heads just for a moment. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 says this It says, Let us hold unservingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Jesus promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. The wonder of the moment as Mary and Joseph was holding the Savior of the world. The hope. Emmanuel, God with us. With no one looking around this morning, I... I feel led to ask this question. If you're here this morning, this may be your first time, and we're glad you're here. But I don't believe in accidents. I believe that God brought you here today for a a purpose. And that purpose is for you to understand that no matter where you are in life, you may be running from God. You may have never heard of the name of Jesus before, and you don't know anything about it. That's okay. Neither did I the first time I asked him to come into my life. So maybe you're here to, you would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I'm just not sure if I were to die today that I would go to heaven. And I want to make sure that I make that right today. If you would say to me with no one looking around, if you would say, Pastor, that's me. I want to make that decision. I want to welcome in that hope. I want, to, I want Jesus to live in my life. Will you just simply lift your hand up? No one looking around. Thank you. The Bible says that it's easy as ABC, ask, believe, and confess. That, that we're all sinners in this room saved by Grace. Hope of the world is here. He's in this room this morning and he wants to bless you. Church, I want you to pray with me this morning as we pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life in the midst of all the craziness, all the chaos that may be happening in my life. I ask you to come in God, I believe that you are God. And I believe in this moment that right now that you're coming into my life. And that I believe that when I leave this room that I'm a changed person. God, I'm a sinner. I have messed up. I have done some crazy things. But God, you still love me. You died on the cross for me. You took upon my sin upon your life. And I confess my sins right now to you, dear Jesus. Come on, church, just give him praise. Just worship him right now. Just lift your hands and give him praise to know and understand there's one person that has entered into the kingdom today because they believe that Jesus is real and that he wants to live in our heart. God, I pray for that person that lifted their hand today. I know and understand that, God, that when something like this happens, God, the enemy's going to come in and he's going to try to pull away and steal all the things that, that we even prayed about this morning. But, God, what I do know and understand is this, that we can confess and we can tell him no when he has to leave. That what has happened here today is a real thing. It's not fake and it's not phony, but it's a real thing because your Scripture says so. But today, you are our focus. And we keep our eyes upon you, God. And we pray that you would lead us and you would guide us. And when we have questions, when we have concerns, God, I pray that you would step in and you would take care of those situations that may be arising in our life. Because you're God and you're with us. And you love us. So God, today has been a good day. O come, let us adore him, Christ our Lord. God, be with us as we leave this place today. Keep us safe and protect us to know and understand that, God, that you have a plan and a purpose for every person here today. And may we keep our eyes upon Jesus so that we can fulfill the plan and the purpose that you have for us so that one day we will hear these words, good, well done, good and faithful servant. Great is your reward. We love you and we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a fantastic Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you. So join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.